Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, good morning everybody. My name is Adam, uh, pastor here at the Vineyard. Really happy to have you with us. Uh, if you're new, man, so glad you came to be with us this morning. Uh, here's what I'd like to do this morning. I would love it if we could open up our Bibles to John chapter 1. Uh, we're going to sort of just explore a little bit over the next few weeks uh, on a theme that we sort of started last week. And it was really jumping out of this question that I've been thinking about for a little bit as I've been reading the Gospels for us here at the Vineyard. I'm just wondering if maybe Jesus might want to teach us something new in this next horizon as a church. And, and by that, I mean, I wonder if he's just re-inviting us to be open and outward people to the community that we live in. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you out of John chapter 1 in a message I'm calling Come and See. Uh, why don't we do this, Kate? Why don't we put the scripture up? I'm just going to read this uh, this morning, and it's uh, in black. You can actually read it on the screen. Uh, if you were here last week, we kicked the year, new year off in a really great way. We put up slides that no one could read. It was awesome. Uh, I want to read a pretty good-sized passage to you. So this is John chapter 1, and uh, we'll start in verse 35. It goes like this. It says, The following day, John was standing, and that'd be John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples as Jesus walked by, and John looked at him and said, Look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. That's kind of funny, by the way. It's like you've been hanging out with John. He says, well, there's the Lamb of God. I'm just gone. Like He's losing disciples left and right. And Jesus looked around and he saw them following. And he said, what do you want? And they replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? Verse 39, come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and remained with them the rest of the day. Andrew... Simon Peter's brother was one of the men who had heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Philip was from Bethesda and Andrew and, uh, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? Come and see. Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. And as they approached... Jesus said, now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. This is also hilarious. How do you know me? <laughs> I love that. How do you know me? The, the confidence there. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You'll see greater things than this. 
Then he said, I'll tell you the truth. You will see all of heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who sets, who, uh, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. That'll be our text this morning. Um, I hope you noticed that twice in this passage, there's that phrase, come and see. And uh, we'll get back to that. But first, I, I want to start here. Uh, I want to start by asking you this question. Uh, do you remember when you were a kid and maybe you got some new toy and you called your neighbors to come over and check it out? Does anybody remember that? Like when you were a kid, you'd get something new and very cool. And the first thing you would do is you'd be like, got to tell the neighbors to come over and check it out. Like I remember, maybe, maybe you remember this. I remember when we got the first Nintendo. And when I say the first Nintendo, I don't mean just a Nintendo. I mean the first Nintendo that anyone ever bought, right? Like Nintendo 1 with the little 8-bit Mario or whatever. You guys remember that? And do you remember, do you remember what you would do when you played Mario on the very first Nintendo? Like especially the first day, you'd take your controller. It was just, it was magic because you could push a button on your controller and you'd see him move on the screen. It was like, how does this work? But then in Mario, what you need to do is you need Mario to jump over the little things and you would, <laughs> who, who here played Mario 1 and jerked their Nintendo off of the stand because you needed it? Oh. Our brains were so primitive back then. You know, we just, we didn't know you could just push, push the A button. We thought you actually had to But here's what, here's what we did when we got our Nintendo. We called all of our neighbors and our cousins and here's what we told them. You gotta come and see this thing. You, you plug it into the TV and I'm not joking, there's sound that comes out and you can push a button and you can go down pipes. You can literally go down, there's secret worlds. Guys, you can even fly. Sometimes you can get this thing you can get a flower and then fire will come out of your hands and your friends are like, what are you talking about, man? What is this? And everybody would, I mean, just like if you had a Nintendo, like that was it. That was it. That's what you do. You call your closest friends to come and see this thing. Uh, there's just something inside of us that resonates with come and see. And uh, the reason I wanted to tell that little story was because for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the scriptures with this purpose in mind. What if Jesus is inviting us to be like him in a couple specific ways in the coming year? Uh, number one, what if Jesus is inviting us to be outward, to look beyond ourselves? But then number two, what if Jesus is inviting us to be inviters, to be inviters into a life with God, to be inviters into the family of God? What if Jesus is actually orienting us to be, to be outward people? Uh, what if Jesus is inviting is inviting us to, to begin to live outside of our little fishbowls. You know, the fishbowl of our job or the fishbowl of our family. And, and by the way, it occurs to me that every single time that Jesus calls his initial disciples to follow him, the first two things that those disciples have to give up in order to begin to follow Jesus is their job and their family. The fishbowls of our jobs and our families 
are the fishbowls that will keep us from actually following Jesus oftentimes. As good as those things are, and by the way, it's good for you to have a job, it's good for you to have a family, but those things can become these very insulating worlds. Like we can live in them to the point that we, that we just begin to not see the ways in which Jesus is moving or asking us to do new things. And so I wonder, I wonder if maybe Jesus is not inviting us in this next season to look outward, specifically to look beyond our family, and then to look beyond our work, co-workers, into the places where God might be working and then inviting us to be inviters so that people can have a life with God or a connection to Jesus. Um, here's why. Uh, the main reason why is that Jesus is an outward person. Uh, Jesus left heaven to come to earth. Uh, Jesus took on flesh. Uh, Jesus entered history in the way that you and I experience history. Not only that, but Jesus has a flesh and blood body even to this uh, day. Jesus just moves toward us. And in the text that we read last week and in the text that we read this week, not only did Jesus come to earth and not only was Jesus born in the flesh, but when Jesus begins his ministry, the first thing he begins to do is to look outward and invite people to follow him. I mean, it's just what he does. And then not only does he invite fishermen to join him, uh, but he goes on uh, as he's walking around doing the things that Jesus does. He was always going someplace new. Like I I've been thinking this week about that moment when, when this guy named Jairus had a sick daughter and comes to Jesus. And Jesus, uh, Jairus says to Jesus, would you please come to my house, my daughter is sick. And Jesus is like, sure, I'll just, I'll just go with you. Why? Because Jesus is out in the world. He's like moving towards people that he didn't even know at the time. That's just what he does. The reason we want to be like this is because Jesus is like this. He does so much of what he does in public. Uh, there's a little text and I don't have it on the slide, Kate. I forgot to give it to you, but I'll, I'll read it to you this morning. There's a little text in Luke chapter 4. Um, it's in verses 42 through 44, and it's just another moment of this idea of Jesus is this person who's looking outward and moving towards people. It says this in Luke chapter 4, Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place to pray, and the crowd searched for him everywhere. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them, but he replied, I've got to go preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns because that's why I was sent. So he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues everywhere in Judea. What is, what is, what is Jesus' basic orientation in the world? It's outward and it's moving towards people who don't have a connection with him or the kingdom of God in a profound way. That's who Jesus is. He's moving outward. Okay, before we get into the text, I want to maybe take one more left turn. Um, I want to maybe shift gears here just for a second. And I want to start by saying, I'm an enthusiast. Uh, anybody else in this room an enthusiast? I'm an enthusiast. Uh, here's what that means. It means I like new things. And it means that when I find a new thing, whatever that is, I like to go all the way into that world. Like whatever, whatever it, it could be anything. It could be, it could be music. It could be a book. It could be a movie. It's definitely hobbies. And when I find a book or if I find a movie or a TV series or if I find some music or if I find a hobby that I really like, I'm going to know everything about it. 
I, I will just, I will go onto the Wikipedia page and then I will go over here and then I'll do the deep dive. But it isn't just that I want to find everything out about it, but then I become a recruiter for whatever that is. Like I want you to know about it and I want you to come and enjoy this thing because I felt like I found some, anybody else here like that? I just, I love that. And you know, uh, at least in the last couple weeks, at least in the last couple weeks, my enthusiast stuff has kicked in again. And, and I signed Heather and, up, Heather and I up for a trail race. And I've just told everybody in Campbellsville, like they should sign up too. And they've begun to sign. I think there's like a hundred of us who are going to go run this thing in May. Why? Because like once I'm in on something, I'm just all the way, I'm just all the way in. And, and there is something about that that is, that's really, really fun. And I, I just tell that story because it, it brings me to the text. We have this moment in John where John the Baptist, uh, he's out doing his thing and he identifies Jesus. He's like, hey, that's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's like the Messiah. And it, it creates a stir. I mean, they've been waiting for Jesus for hundreds of years. And so in verse 38, a, a couple of John the Baptist disciples hear his words and they leave him and they begin to follow Jesus. And they're following him around and Jesus turns to them and he says to them, well, what do you want? And they said to Jesus, well, we want to know where you're staying. And if you'll notice in verse 39, Jesus looks at them and says, uh, he doesn't give them the address. I think that's actually kind of funny. Where are you staying? He doesn't, he doesn't tell them whose house he's at. He just says, come and see. You should just come and see. And then that same exact phrase is mirrored again in verse 46 when Nathanael says to Philip, could any good thing come from Nazareth? And by the way, every time I read, could any good thing come from Nazareth? I always think about Campbellsville. Could, could anything good happen in Campbellsville? Uh, sometimes people ask me, come and see. But, 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 but Philip, says, Philip says to Nathaniel when he asks this, he says the same thing that Jesus had said in verse 39. It's the exact same phrase. He says, come and see. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to unpack this idea of come and see. And I have a mini outline. And Kate, if you could put up my mini outline. outline. Uh, here's the way we're going to maybe approach it this morning. If you're a note taker, uh, you can do this. We're going to hit pattern, invitation, curiosity, compelling, more. Pattern, invitation, curiosity, compelling, more. Um, the first thing I hope that you notice this morning is the pattern that's in the text. So there's this cool little thing, both in verse 39 and in verse 46, there's this phrase, come and see. It's like, it's actually pretty important. Like a lot of times when you're reading the Bible, if you see some words that are the exact same, real close together, that's, that's like an internal contextual clue that the author of the Bible or that God is trying to get you to pay attention to something. And so really, really close within the text, you have this come and see. And then even beyond that, over and over again in John chapter 1, the word see just pops over and over and over again. And by the way, that's not on accident. John's not a dummy. He's putting together a particular kind of story for us, and he wants us to see the pattern. But here's what I'd like to do beyond just noticing the pattern. I'd like for us to just take a second here and go, well, what's the same and then what's different? Sometimes that helps us to understand maybe what the writer is getting at. So in John chapter one, 
What's the same with the two come and sees? Well, what's same is pretty obvious. It's come and see. People ask questions. There's two different questions that get asked. And in both instances, the answer is come and see. Okay, so that's what's the same. So what's different? Where's the contrast? Well, the contrast is, is this. In the first instance, it's some of John's disciples who start following Jesus. And they say, hey, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. So it's from disciples to Jesus. But then in the second instance, in the second instance, it's Nathaniel, it's Nathaniel to Philip. It's not Jesus at all. It's disciple to disciple. And Nathaniel says to him, could any good thing come from Nazareth? And Philip says, well, you should come and see. And I, and I bring that up this morning because I think the overlap and the contrast is important. Part of what is being shown to us in John's gospel right up front is, is this basic idea that the methods and the words and the actions and the ways of Jesus become the methods, the actions, the words, and the ways of the disciples. Like we just mirror them. Like what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to quite literally just mirror what he does. Just like even down to the exact words, just mirror what he says. Come and see. If Jesus is inviting people, part of what John is telling us in chapter one is we should be inviting people. We should, be, we should be living lives that draw questions out that the answer is come and see. Uh, number two, invitation. And notice how Jesus deals with people who are leaning towards him. He, he deals with them by invitation. They're following him and he says basically, well, why don't you keep following me? Check me out. Uh, part of what I love in that first interaction with Jesus, hey, where are you staying? Where are you staying? Uh, like I've already mentioned, he doesn't give them an address or a person's house. He just says, come and see. The other thing I like about it too, because Jesus knows what's up, he's already begun to ask some people to follow him. It's a way for Jesus to begin to use invitation to draw out following more from people. And in doing so, there's no sales pitch. Did you notice that Jesus isn't selling anybody anything in John chapter one? No, no sales pitch, uh, no, no high pressure moment. Uh, Jesus is capable of that too. Uh, sometimes he does give people a high pressure moment. Remember the rich young ruler? Hey, why don't you take everything you have, go and sell it, give it to the poor, and then you can come back and see me, right? But I just love that Jesus' basic orientation in the world is, well, why don't you come and see? And there's no, no arm twisting. He just says, come and check me out. And, and I wonder if this isn't a good starting point for us, as we live in the world with people who maybe have uh, not a great connection with God or maybe no connection with God, as they begin to move towards us and to move towards Jesus, I wonder if this kind of approach that Jesus employs isn't also a good approach for us. And you might be asking, well, okay, that's great. Invitation, we want to be inviters. But how do you, how do you know who to invite like this? Uh, number three, curiosity. Like, curiosity, this is, this is all over the text this morning. Uh, when I'm sharing Jesus with people, the number one thing I'm always looking for is curiosity. I wanted, I'll just tell you my basic approach, and it's based on John chapter 1. My basic approach with sharing Jesus to people 
is, is the foundation is always curiosity. I, for the most part, don't share Jesus with anyone, anyone, for any reason, until I see a spark of curiosity about Jesus. Otherwise, as Jesus says in another, in another text, you're just, you're just scattering pearls before pigs. It's, it's, just, it's just treasure before people who are not looking for treasure. Does this make sense? Curiosity. Notice in the text this morning, you have these two guys who are following John the Baptist around. J-Bap says something. Now they're following Jesus around, and they're like close to the point that Jesus is like, something is up. He says, what do you want? And they're like, well, where, where, are, you, where are you staying? And by the way, that question, where are you staying? Uh, how many of you have noticed that's a curious question? Like, where are you staying? But how many of you know that if you're asking the question, where are you staying, you're asking it because you want to be with Jesus, right? You're like, oh, there's something about you. I would like, what they're saying is, can we come to your house? That's what they're saying. Can we come to your house? Curiosity. Then later in the text, Philip has gone to get Nathaniel. Why has he gone to get him? Because he's curious about Jesus. He thinks he's found something. And then Nathaniel says, well, could any good thing come from Nazareth? It's like a sarcastic, curious question again. Could any good thing? And so there's this mirror, not only in the text with respect to come and see, but there's this mirror with respect to curiosity. Why is this important? Curiosity is always a sign that God is working in a person. So here's what would be good. You should think, even right now, in your life, uh, at work, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your friendships, uh, when you go to the gym with the people who are around you, who are the men and the women, uh, the young and the old, who are the people right now that are leaning toward you and have some sort of curiosity about Jesus? That's who we begin to invite. That's who we begin to say, well, why don't you just come and see? Curiosity. Who's talking about God? Uh, who in your life shares their, their doubts and fears with you? Like sometimes, sometimes God is moving in somebody's life and maybe they haven't used the word God and maybe they haven't used the word Jesus yet, but the initial stages of curiosity oftentimes look like vulnerability. Maybe you're just having, maybe you're just like in the break room with someone and two minutes in, in a, in a way that is very unusual, you know, it's Monday morning. You say, well, how was your weekend? And they close the door and they're like, terrible, right? And you're like, really? What happened? Well, my marriage sucks. And you're like, okay, we're here, right? Like how many of you know that when people begin to share this sort of thing, that is, that is the, the thing that's under the thing that undergirds curiosity. What they're really saying is, I need something real in my life. And then now, those are the moments we begin to invite people to come closer, to come closer, not just to us, but to, to Jesus. I'm always looking for curiosity. Number four. Yeah, four. Man, I was concerned. Number four, compelling. Here's what I love about this approach of inviting people to come and to see. The thing I love about it is that I don't have to be compelling. I don't have to be the draw. Uh, I don't have to be spectacular or impressive. Uh, I don't have to save the world. I don't have to have all the answers. Uh, I don't have to be super strong. I don't have to be really neat. 
I don't have to have all my ducks in a row uh, because eventually I just can't, you know? Uh, I can't be a super impressive person all the time. And, and not only that, but there's something really fake about performative religion, you know? Like, you ever, you ever get around something that felt performative and you're like, something here feels really weird? Or, or like if somebody's talking a game, but then you know, man, your life doesn't match the game. Like that's the worst feeling in the world. And so what I love about what Jesus shows us in John chapter 1 is, is I don't have to be compelling. Like I don't have to be impressive. I can, just, I can just be me. And I can just be the me who's doing my best to follow Jesus. And the reason that I don't have to be compelling or impressive or, or strong or have all the answers is because it's Jesus, it's Jesus who's doing the drawing. And it's Jesus who's compelling. And it's Jesus who's, who's got the answers. And it's Jesus who's, who's got the stuff that people are looking for. And, and one of the things I've realized in my life is this. is sometimes, sometimes we're afraid to lean out because we're afraid that we need to impress people. You know? Sometimes we're afraid to lean toward people, especially people who need some sort of a connection to God. Sometimes we're afraid to do that because we think, well, we have to have it all together. And here's what I want you to know. You really don't. You don't have to have it all together. Jesus is the one who has it all together. He's the one who will always have it all together. He is the one, as Colossians says, is holding it all together. And he's the one who is doing the drawing. And notice in this passage, who's the compelling person in this passage? It's Jesus. Like those first disciples from John the Baptist, they're following Jesus around. Why? Because he's really compelling. They think, well, he might be the guy. And then Philip goes and runs and gets his, his buddy Nathaniel. Why does he do it? Because he is compelled by Jesus. And why does Nathaniel come? Because he's heard a story that is compelling. That's why. We don't have to be that person. We don't have to be persuasive or powerful. We can just, we can just trust that Jesus is in all these things. Uh, one of the things that I'm learning more and more is that Jesus has real gravity. He's the one... He's the one who's at the center. He's got real gravity. And then finally, finally, this kind of a life of leaning outward and being invitational, it's actually the doorway to more. Kate, can we put up the last couple verses, please? Yeah, perfect. That's a powerful promise in this passage. If we'll look outward and be invitational, uh, there's something about come and see that actually provides the context for getting to come and see more. Uh, notice this. So Nathaniel has come with Philip and he's come with Philip because Philip says to him, well, you should come and see. He meets Jesus and Jesus is like, look there, there's a guy of integrity. And Jesus says to Nathaniel, this morning, I saw you under the fig tree. He gives him a word of knowledge. Now, what's very interesting about this is Philip has said to him, well, you should just come and see if any good thing can come out of Nazareth. And then later that day, he runs into Jesus. Jesus gives him a word of knowledge about his life that no one else could know from, the, from earlier in the morning. And in that moment, he's literally getting to come and see. But that's not even the best part. The best part is that Jesus looks at Nathaniel who is having a moment of coming and seeing, and he tells them, if you think that's a big thing, 
well, then you should just keep coming and seeing because you're going to come and see a lot more than that. And here's what I love about this. This is not just a promise for one guy, but because it's what John captures in his gospel for all the ages, it's a promise for all of us, for anyone who will lean out and for anyone who will invite the way that Jesus invites and for anybody who will come and see and do their investigating with Jesus and invite others to come and see, there is a promise that you will get to come and see even more. And what I love about this is Philip tells Nathaniel, well, if you want to know if something is uh, really great about uh, Nazareth or not, you should come and see. He, he does get to come and see that. He has an encounter with Jesus. But who else in that moment gets to come and see? Philip does. Philip does. Like He's sitting there and he's going, Jesus is literally telling this guy stuff that no one knows. No one knows. I had no idea. And this is, this is the way it works. Whether you are the one being invited or whether you are the inviter, being invited and being the inviter is the same doorway into more. It's the same doorway into more. And some of us are like, well, you know, I haven't seen God do much in my life lately. Well, here's what I would like to suggest to you, especially if you're someone who has seen God do some things in your life before. Begin to invite other people to experience the more of God and you'll get a front row seat to what he does in their life. You'll get to see more. You'll get to see more. You think that's impressive? I tell you the truth. You'll get to see the angels of heaven go up and down Jesus. Uh, here's, what, here's what Jesus is saying in there. He's saying, to the people who come to me, to the people who come to me, it's like a weird, there's a bunch of Old Testament stuff in this little passage right here. There's a bunch of like Jacob stuff, okay? And we don't have time to go into it. But here's what Jesus is saying for the people who will come and see and have their curiosity fed and nourished and satisfied in him. Jesus is saying, I'm the ladder who connects heaven and earth. And if you would like to experience heaven on earth, come to me and you will see it. If you would like to see heaven poured out on the earth, come to me. I am the ladder that connects heaven and earth. I am ja what he's saying is I am Jacob's ladder. I'm the dream that Jacob dreamed. And if you want to see more, you know, and some of us in the room have seen some pretty profound things, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, we've seen some profound things. You want to see more? Invite other people, invite other people to come to Jesus that they might see what comes down Jacob's ladder to the earth. That is how you get a front row seat to more. And so I wonder, church, I'm just going to keep asking this week after week for a few weeks here. I wonder if Jesus isn't asking us to look around and go, who needs a life with God? that's in your life? Where, the, where is their curiosity? That's, that's really the question that I would like to highlight to us this morning. Where are there people around us right now who are curious? Uh, if that doesn't work, where are there people right now who are being vulnerable about their actual lives with us? Because that is them saying, I need a connection. And maybe, maybe our response in the coming weeks isn't a million answers. Uh, uh, the need to be impressive, but maybe our response could be as simple as this. Come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and see. Uh, it, it might need to be something very, very practical uh, for that person. Your answer might be, come and see about Jesus and just come with me to church. Like, really, just come with me to church. Uh, come and see. Uh, like we talked last week, come and see. Can I pray with you right now? You know, when someone is really vulnerable with you about something that's happening in their life, maybe you just, you just shut that door and you say, you know what? 
I, what, if, what if we just invite Jesus to be here with you in that moment? What if, what if we did that, you know? And you just begin to, why? Because that is the way heaven begins to move to earth. That's how it works. That's how it works. All right, y'all. That's enough sermonizing. You like my title slide? So good. Hey, if you're on the worship band this morning, why don't you come on up? Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.